Hey, Hot Family and community, I'm so grateful to have you join in. And if you're new, welcome. I hope that we impact you today as we attack the topic of recovery. I am so, 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 so grateful to have my new and special guest here, uh, Tom. And Tom is actually a physical preparation coach, level six with King Sport. And today, as I always tell you guys, I am not better than you. I am learning with you. So let's dominate life and baseball. So let's attack and learn today together on the topic of recovery with Tom. Tom, you there? Yeah. Hey, Drexel. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I am so thankful for you for joining in and taking time out of your day, really, because uh, I know that you're a busy and productive guy, and I appreciate you taking time today to talk about this really awesome topic of recovery uh, selfishly, I'm excited because I'll be able to learn, and I'm sure that it will really help some kids out as well. Yeah, man, I'm excited too. So let's go ahead into um, a little bit about your background in sports because I know that you're really, really active in many sports, and then also talk about your background and experience in the health and fitness industry. Sure. So my background in sports when I was growing up, Um, My dominant sports were baseball and soccer. Baseball was my favorite sport, Um, but I also played, I mean, I just like to play. So I played some basketball. I played some hockey. I've played golf my entire life. Uh, I started rock climbing as an adult. Uh, I just like to be active and, and having fun. And that's, that's really important for young athletes, especially to have, to really have fun when you're learning the skills and of a sport. And so when I, you know, when I was older as an adult and I, was looking, deciding on what I want to do for a career. I started out as a personal trainer almost 15 years ago and I worked for Equinox. I did, I've done all kinds of different training in that field, but then I felt like something was missing because I want to know what's the best way to train. And that was when I found King Sports International and studying under Ian King. So for any of your athletes out there, uh, it's a phenomenal resource there's he's written tons of books and you can get a lot of information out of that and i've been mentoring under him now for uh, about five years so that's my that's my story yeah and i actually have uh tom as a great mentor and also athletic training for me and he's already transformed my athletic ability in the past couple of weeks and i'm looking forward to uh, sharing with you guys about my journey and then also just for him to share his knowledge today because I know that it's not necessarily uh, what we most likely are going to hear necessarily from you know the athletic American way of doing things so I'm really excited for that aspect and I actually purchased the books myself I'm looking forward to those uh, to reading and diving into those. And he's right. The program has some great tools and knowledge, and I would highly recommend you guys check out King Sports later. And if so, actually reach out and connect with Tom, because I'm sure he'll be able to connect with you some uh, discounts and stuff like that as well. So, Tom, what 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 is different? What do you, you define as recovery, though? Because that's the topic of today. What what do you define as recovery? Well, in its simplest form, recovery is resting. Because when you train, you, you're you providing a stimulus or an overload to the body, right? And that's the same thing when you play a game. In a sense, you're depleted uh, and recovery is. So you 
you're focusing on so anything you can do to help the body to rest and improve and without using the word recover right but uh, for the body to come back better than it was before resting from that but also to enhance to speed that up you want to help the body so what what are some things that you see that you know the typical individual might be doing as far as thinking that is recovery that when it in fact is not because i know when we talked in the past i actually found out that some of the stuff that i thought was doing recovery wasn't necessarily and wasn't uh, recovery in the end so what what are some things that we need to factor in or need to do in order to properly uh, get our body to this best and fullest and speeding up that process yeah that's a really interesting question a really great question um, especially in america there's a heavy emphasis on strength training and and endurance training uh, hence the title strength and conditioning right so Pretty much everything athletes do is geared around those two physical qualities. That's two out of the four physical qualities. And then there's the larger athletic qualities. So um, I think the biggest areas that athletes can become aware of is looking at the amount of training they're doing in a week and understanding that there, there's a benefit to, to training, but every type of training has a negative as well. So you want to understand that and plan for it so that you can use it. You can use it to help in your recovery and also to help improve your training. But then there's also this belief that uh, you need to, that moving, um, how to describe it uh, is, is the key to helping the body. And there's a, there's just, a, they're missing the point in, how tension is created in the body and you know, what causes injuries. And then, the, and then they're missing the larger aspects of life and, and health. Right. So for instance, nutrition, and we're going to talk about it later, but stretching is a huge component of recovery. And it's something that isn't really well understood by the mainstream strength and conditioning community. And it's something that most athletes probably, well, I'm going to say I've never met, one that does enough or, or haven't met too many that actually know how to do it the way that we're taught in uh, KSI King sports international. Um, and then there's also the, the factors of like your emotions and happiness and spirituality, which I know is something that you're, you're big on too. So it's really focusing on the whole person and not just that limited component of training where you're lifting weights and, playing your sport uh, yeah and and what's funny is you know before i started doing uh training with you and really putting together a program it was really 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 funny to me that a part of my recovery i thought was my recovery you in fact indicated to me that it's actually just a low level strength training and so I thought that was really interesting and something that I had to really, you know, look back and challenge myself because that's not what I was taught. So it, but I see a huge change from, okay, I understand that this is a low level uh, strength training and I can do this as a warm up if I need to do it to, 
continue if I believe that it is helping me, in fact, become a better athlete and individual. So I, I totally uh, got to acknowledge that because there's definitely more to um, what we say recovery than just stretching. And so yeah. I, I'm looking forward to diving into that a little bit more. What, what do you, what do you feel like we covered that, you know, there is an amount of training that you're doing. There is um, the actual, you know, component of taking time to take care of your body. And then there's a spirituality. So what, yep. let's dive into that a little bit more, because I think you, you definitely, I know that you taught me a couple tools and rules to follow. Um, so when it, when it comes sure. down to, to the amount of training, um, I would love for you to share with them your one-to-one rule, because I think that would be great for athlete to have a better understanding of that. So can you go ahead and share sure. with them about the um, one-one rule that you have for the amount of training? Right. So um, I just want to make a comment before I raise that. Um, two things in in mainstream that I see, well, that we we talk about in KSI is um, influences, right, on training ideology and methods. And going back to the influence of strength training. You, if you in the culture of America, football as a sport is is probably the favorite. I mean, baseball is a pastime, obviously, but I think this is my opinion, and you don't have to agree with me. But a lot of what people look to as an ideal athlete is a football player, and but that type of body doesn't necessarily apply to every sport. Like, and baseball is one. You don't necessarily need to be a bodybuilder to be successful. There's a lot of other skills that go into it and if and muscle size isn't one of them so some of the people that have become popular in influencing training decisions and which was some of the things that you had in your program were power lifters um and a great example is some of the stuff athletes do with a a broomstick and and uh you know swinging the thing around their shoulders which is originally intended as a warm-up for olympic athletes but it's not a rehab exercise but it's often used that way and it's and when you think about it some of the names that i've heard in these exercises and i'll give you an example this was i've seen trainers use exercises that they call shoulder dislocates and you just gotta step back for a second and use common sense and think if something is titled dislocates is that something i ought to be doing just so some of it is the learn how to think and as an athlete, make decisions for yourself because while your coaches and parents and whoever else influences your training and your journey in your sport, ultimately it's your body and you've got to be educating yourself so that you can make the best decisions and know that the choice is yours when it comes down to it. Now, as again, as a, as a kid, maybe you don't have that you don't have that autonomy yet because you're still under the care of your parents, but it's, it's still important to start understanding that. So the one-to-one rule is just a simple one. It's you in life, you're either creating tension or you're reducing it. And so if you just take your activities in your sport, are you creating tension more than you're, than you're reducing it? So to stay the same, you want to be at least one-to-one. 
And then if you wanted to reduce tension, you would have to be slanted more in that, in that direction. And, and what, 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 for example, are some exercises that you would uh, state as a re- inducing tension? Because like, uh, like we discussed before, like I was doing, you know, a couple of different exercises that I thought were, you know, helping me reduce tension, but really, really, in fact, it wasn't. And so I would love for you to and talk a little bit more about that. Uh, what what is it that we might be doing currently uh, as athletes, especially? What is it that is there really a difference between, you know, a in regular individual who's doing training and athletes? Well, there, I mean, the fundamentals are the same, but gen- a general population person probably doesn't have the same specific goals and specific sport needs. Right. Where the, because when an, an athlete plays a certain sport, they there's going to be skills and requirements to that sport. So they're training while they can have a general component to their training and they need one. They also will ne- have more specific needs, whereas a general population doesn't usually start out that way because they don't have, uh, you know, they might just want to be healthy. Right. Yeah. Or just do some kind of leisure activity that they like and not get injured things that happen in training, uh, like an exercise, like walking lunges are really popular as a warm up. And I question whether or not, again, asking the question, what is the difference between a walking lunge being done in your warm up versus one being done in your program? And there isn't one. No. It's just that someone is labeling it as a warm up, as though it is, or as a dynamic stretch. And it's just semantics. It's not, it hasn't actually changed what's happening in the body and you're still doing a tra- strength exercise. So when you raise the joint temperature, sometimes you can feel like you're more flexible, but you haven't reduced the tension in the tissue. And then you're also creating muscle imbalances because you're doing a lot of quad dominant activity. And that's an issue that probably, you know, can lead to some injuries. So should, should the question be for, you know, the younger athlete that may not know all the terms and terminology, should they and myself think of, Hey, is this exercise that I'm doing with, uh, out, you know, any weights, if I was to do it with weights, would it be considered a workout or would it be considered a warm up? That is helping any athlete. And the perception of dynamic stretching is the same thing. It's re- you, it's just a warm up activity, but ultimately you're doing usually a walking lunge, for instance, is used in a dynamic stretching warm up like for the lunges for example like i see that all the time too and i don't actually do that anymore because of our conversation because when we had when i had the conversation i was thinking well yeah if i did lunges with weights that's no different than when i do lunges with adam it's just a lower load of weight exactly my body so so i'd love to like i just think that when I started to think about all the exercises that I do to warm up or to cool down, I start to think about that every time. Now I ask myself, is this a lower level strength training or is this really a stationary stretching and warm up and cooling down? Because, right. And and that's what it really comes down to. Right. Is it, is the fact that, Hey, are you stationary and are you actually really 
doing something that isn't a low level strength. Yeah, because in stretching, you're looking to relax. And even though the intensity is lower with like a bodyweight lunge versus a weighted lunge, it's still a, you know, it's still a strength exercise. You're not relaxing, you're exciting the nervous system. And that's it because everyone is, so that goes into specificity or general generality of the warm up, right? And what you see in not just in the warm up, but in the training, strength training for most athletes is, is they all do the same thing, no matter what their sport is. So there's just like no individualization and no sport, sport individualization either. So you're learning, you're starting to become aware of how to do that. And it's something that's missed in most sports. And, and you just see a lot of general nonspecific um, warm-up exercises that are probably doing more harm than good, not just in the exercise itself and how it might be changing the muscle tension and all that, but also depleting the athlete before they've even trained. <laughs> yeah. So you're not, you're losing the opportunity to train what you, th this, whatever the goal of the training session was. So those are all things you need to factor in when you're making the decision of how am I going to train? So it goes back to, again, like if, if everyone else is doing it, it's maybe you want to look to uh, other options. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I like that. And I, you know, I'm really grateful that I have you as a friend, as a trainer that pointed everything out for me because I'm definitely seeing the change in, in my body. And I hope that some of the athletes who are listening to this will also be able to learn from it and grow from it because at the end of the day, it's really, really important for all of us to know, one, know our body and then two, be able to make that adjustment. So since we now covered like the body aspect of the one-on-one -on -one rule, I would love to uh, talk more about the spirituality aspect of it because you know me, I'm, I'm very, um, I'm, I'm a huge Christian and I'm a huge uh, believer in, in taking time to pray. I'm a huge believer in taking time to spiritually connect myself. And I think that it's one of the biggest components that has allowed me to become a better and greater individual. And I've been able to transfer that onto the baseball field. So I'd love to hear your point of view as a health and, uh, and strength coach. So what, what would be your um, explanation of spirituality? Because at the end of the day, it's not just Christians. It's, in the, it's spirituality altogether, any religion or uh, faith, right? Yeah, I'm a believer that everyone should be able to choose the path that they believe is right for themselves. And I think as humans, we do crave uh, we ha there's a spiritual side to us as human beings. And um, that doesn't necessarily mean religion, but it can. And I respect anyone's choice of religion or spiritual path, but I, you know, I don't think we can know all the answers regardless of whether it's just in life. Right. Yeah. And sometimes you got to have faith and, and uh, I also a believer in personal development. I think those two things really go together because happiness in life is really important. And if as an athlete, you know, you see uh, definitely some kids pushing themselves really hard and maybe they're, they're not having as much fun anymore. And it's so while we all want to win and we want to have fun, we it, life is the bigger aspect, right? Yeah. And yeah. so to become the champion that you are, um, I think it's a, there's a, we approach it with a holistic approach as a KSI coach. Yeah. 
and try want to develop the athlete as a whole and rather than just again not just one physical quality but but all of them as a person yeah and and you know that when i started hawk i i knew that i wanted to do more than just help kids understand uh baseball i wanted them to learn about the life skills such as financial literacy social skills leadership skills and just being able to have that that knowledge and experience so that they can you know have a better foundation to build on and that's why you know i saw that as something that was missing in the sports industry a lot of sports industries are all about work hard train hard get going get after it and and i yeah there's some truth to that but i definitely felt that there was a the spiritual component was missing the individual component was missing and so that's why you know as a as a coach i want to make that as a change and mandatory not for myself but all the coaches that i talk to it's important to me that they understand like hey you know, yeah, he's an athlete, but he's an individual first. Individual first, yep. then athlete. And you got to make sure that the individual himself, herself, is first. Are they happy? Are they doing good? Are they physically, mentally, spiritually doing okay? Because at the end of the day, if they're not, you know, I, before I even do my sport training with the kids, I always ask them, hey, how are you feeling? How's your body feeling? Because if I don't ask that, then I've already failed. Because mm-hmm. them as an individual come first, and that's the first thing that I got to ask them. And sometimes I won't even charge the family for, like, you know, the membership. I won't even uh, count the, the training session that we have because if they're not doing well, I'm going to sit there and I'm just going to be there for them to hear them out and see what's going on so that they can talk to someone and talk through whatever they're going through so that they can be able to perform their best in the future. So that's, that's something what I'll do sometimes when I have a kid who comes in and he's not feeling well or doing well, I'll be like, Hey, you know, let's talk. And then whatever time we have left, we'll do whatever we can, but let's focus on you first, because at the end of the day, it comes down to you as the individual first. So I love that you, you say that. And it's something that I strongly believe in, as you can tell. Um, and so, Tom, where where can people find you? Because I know that you have a lot of knowledge and experience, to, more to share than just, you know, the topic of recovery that we have done today. So where mm-hmm. can people find your, your, you know, Instagram, Facebook or YouTube or any of that? Sure. I, I would just like to say I'm really I feel grateful to know you. And that's the, one of the reasons I'm even talking to you on the podcast is because of your values around that on how you treat the athlete, because the answer is not always, you're not training enough or you're not training hard enough. And it's, it's almost like people get athletes get punished, you know, and they, they want to beat themselves up more when they're not being successful. And I don't believe that that is the best way to help someone become successful or to be a better athlete. And I think that you're missing an opportunity in your training if that's the that's the attitude you have. And unfortunately, Thank a lot you. of coaches in America um, and parents, too, think that they just need to be harder on a kid or in the training. Right. And that, I think that goes back to the football mentality a little bit and the military influence as well. Yeah. And there is a place for strength training and there is a place for going hard. But 
it's it's uh, you want to find the path to of least resistance to success, right? You don't want to create obstacles and make it harder on yourself, which I think some, sometimes happens, um, maybe subconsciously or unintentionally. So it's nice to hear you say that. Yeah, but, I, um, I, yeah go ahead. sometimes just one conversation is a click away from them being their best. That's what I think so, sometimes. I, I'll always think of that and ask myself. I'll be like, did I ask them about their day? If so, then great. If I didn't, then what the heck am I doing? That's an opportunity for them to uh, express themselves. And then as a result, it could lead to them performing even better because they were able to relieve that stress or relieve that worry or relieve that thought in their, in their mind. And now they can focus more. They can perform more and, and be able to really transform their, their training. It's very empowering. And you teach kids that they have a voice. Yeah. Instead of teaching them that they need to fall in line, you know? Yeah. And that I think ultimately when you have a team of those kinds of people, they help each other. And that's how teams win. You have a championship team, not a team of champions, right? Like not individuals, but a group. Yeah, it helps each other. So, excellent. Thank point. you. I appreciate um, you. Appreciate you too. So, if people want to contact me, my Instagram is simple. Yeah. So, so I think it changed my warm up. By the way, it tremendously changed my warm up because I used to do dynamic warm up, which is with all the different movements and exercises. And when I started to think about, like, oh, you know, when I do lunges that's not necessarily the right thing. That's just a lower level of exercise. And then when I did, um, for another example is when I did my, you know, toe touch, when I thought about it, I was like, if I have weights and I do my, uh, stiff leg, you know, deadlift, that's no different than what I'm doing. So really this is a low level strength exercise. And so, for leg day, I switched from doing dynamic warm up to now doing jogging and biking to warm my body up. And then I would go and stretch stationary and just be sitting there and I would stretch out my leg and then I go work out. And I got to tell man. you, I did not think that it was going to be such a huge difference in my performance. My performance tremendously grew like right on the spot because. One, I wasn't fatiguing by the end of the third uh, lift that I was doing for each of my sets. And not only that, but then I was able to lift more without necessarily feeling like I was uh, training myself, I guess I can say, because my body didn't feel as much uh, resistant. So Trainer Tom on Instagram, my website is tlperformance.me, another interesting one. And um, I also have a Facebook. You can look me up on uh, TL Performance LA. You want to go ahead and say those one more time for everybody who who might want to write it down? Yeah. So Instagram, very simple, Trainer Tom. Website, tlperformance.me. And then Facebook, TL Performance LA. Awesome, guys. Go check them out. And before we go, we have three questions from the Hawk family and community on my Instagram at directful.smith. And so I have three questions that I pulled from 
um, the the question bar that I did on my story. And so if you want to check that out and be a part of our Hawk fam, go check me out at Smith. And so the questions that I have for you, Tom, are exciting. I'm looking forward to hearing your response for these because I definitely grew up asking myself these questions too. So um, the first question is from Sean. Sean was saying, should I ice or heat or alternate for my arm? Great question, Sean. So just general rules is it, it reflects on joint temperature, but you would use heat when you want to increase joint temperature and you would use ice when you want to decrease it. So, but you can use both. You can, uh, and you can try it out individually to see what you think works the best. And you can also do alternating as well. And that's another one that you can individualize yourself, but just keep in mind that ice lowers joint temperature and heat raises it. So when you know that, then you can decide when it's appropriate to use the one. Also, Sean, if you're, if you're asking this question for yourself as a, a recovery, maybe you're looking at your elbow or your shoulder or your arm because of pitching, I, I want to challenge you to really look at your mechanics because at the end of the day, your arm shouldn't be hurting. If, you, if you're really having the proper mechanic and or um, doing the proper amount of uh, training and also throwing the baseball? Are you keeping track of how much you're throwing? Because if you aren't doing these things, I would highly, highly, highly recommend that you start doing it because at the end of the day, your arm should not be hurting as a result of you throwing a baseball. It should more focus on, hey, are my mechanics right? And how much am I throwing? Because if you can uh, really know that information, you'll be able to navigate and adjust and be better so to the point that you you don't necessarily need to worry about icing your arm because you want to really focus more on stretching it and relieving tension rather than just trying to ice it and heat it. And that's, that's something that I, I highly recommend. Second question from Tusher. Tusher was, was what arm angle is healthy uh, for, your, for a- young athletes? I think I'm going to answer, answer this question and then you can take it from yeah. a perspective of the uh, health and fitness industry. For okay. me, sure. when it comes down to coaching and training kids, when I have them come in, the first thing that I do is I try to say, figure out, hey, what's comfortable? Because at the end of the day, not every single person and individual is going to have the same arm angle that's comfortable. And so what's natural for you? Because at the end of the day, you got to be able to naturally consistently and physically be able to do it to the point that you're not, you're hurting, you're not hurting yourself. So I would say for sure, again, this is going back to kind of Sean's question is what are your mechanics? How does that feel? And where is the arm angle best serving you as a pitcher? Yeah, I agree. There's not necessarily one size fits all. You got to find, you got to come up with a model for how you want to do it and you think is going to be the best for you. And you can experiment with that. Uh, and then also the, so the arm angle is going to reflect the joint angle. And there's, I mentioned earlier that when you play a sport or when you work out, there are positives that help you, but there's also negatives, especially in a repetitive motion like that. So understanding that will help you in recovery so you can avoid any just pain and discomfort 
uh, and also the condition of the joint before you throw and from the history of throwing and working out is something to consider too in structuring your recovery and your training program so that you can avoid getting hurt with the, whatever arm angle you decide is optimal for you. Yeah. I, I, I definitely made some changes since you taught me that too. So uh, definitely helped me as my arm. I haven't had any, really any uh, soreness since I've been doing that. So I appreciate you teaching me that and, and guys, please take that like take that to the bank um, because it's definitely going to help you. And so the last question of the day is from Fisher and Fisher was asking is stretching right after training and working out really important or can I do it later at home? Well, I think this is a great question. Thanks Fisher for posing it because I think it's also a great one to end on. Um, so there's, there's a couple things to think about when you stretch or when you're done training, are you mentally prepared to devote yourself to stretching? And Drexel, you can answer this because I know I'm not. Are I you? am never. <laughs> I just want to relax for a minute because I just push myself and it. Like when you, when you train, you're in that mode of like push yourself, strive for your best. And then like, you're just trying to pump the iron is, is, efficiently and effectively as you can so i i mentally cannot shift from oh ah, yeah yeah and then go to uh, right there's no way exactly there's no way i can make that that mental switch um and and if i can't mentally obviously the head always lead the way so if if i mentally can't can't get myself to do that then no 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 i i i never do i i do it at night I do it at night before I go to sleep. I have a routine that I do. And, and that, that's, I, I used to, I used to do it right after I would force myself to do it right after I would go into the sauna and I would get it hot. And then I would go and, you know, stretch. And then based on the time, sometimes I'll have to cut it short because the gym is closing or I have to sh- cut it short because I have to go, to work and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to cut it short anymore. I didn't want to um, not give my hundred yeah. percent because clearly, you know, re- stretching is a huge component of my re- recovery and necessary. So I started doing it at night because I can't make that choice, man. I can't. <laughs> yes. So the point I'm trying to make there is the thing when you, you're not prioritizing your stretching when you're doing it after, because you're just, you're not going to be able to give it the same attention and frankly, the attention it deserves that you did to your strength training. So that's something to reflect on as an athlete. Like, what are you prioritizing your training? And uh, so you're, you're, I do, I would encourage athletes to dedicate a time aside from that where they do stretch in order to get the benefit. Cause flexibility is a physical quality and needs to be trained just like strength. Um, so there's that. And then also I do it before a workout. And the reason for that is it's, it can help you avoid injury and it can help you move easier. And if it's something you really need, why wouldn't you, you gotta, you know, you gotta move it to the front of the line. So that being said, I want to, I want to add in one thing that you taught me that I actually um, never thought of until I this past two weeks that I've been doing it and it changed everything, which you said, stretching isn't an amount of set. 
it's a feeling. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Because I think that's important. I didn't I, I'm I'm so grateful that we didn't end yet because that's a huge thing that I changed this week and I see a huge improvement. So what what do you mean by I obviously I got it I understood it, but I want you to explain it. What do you did you mean by stretching isn't a set amount like oh hold your arm for twenty seconds? What did you mean by it's a feeling? Well, it goes back to the outcome. What's the outcome you want to get from stretching? You want it to relax. So how can you, how do you know the 20 seconds is going to do that? And how do you know the 20 seconds is going to provide the most relaxation, even if it did produce a little? Doing something is better than doing nothing, but that doesn't mean that you're getting the best effect that you could. So you can explore that and uh, see how relaxed you can become. So you're, you're saying that the feeling is the feeling of relaxation then? Reducing, yeah, relaxation, and that by doing that, releasing tension. Got it. Yeah, no, I, this week I've been focusing more of, like, how do I feel? Do I feel like I'm good, or do I feel like I need to do a little bit extra to to make sure that I'm I'm getting to the full capacity and ability that I can be. So I'm so yeah. so so happy that you t- you taught me that and told me that because it changed it changed my performance uh, in the gym and it's also changed my performance on the field too. Nice, well done. That's a credit to you because for the athletes, I can talk to them blue in the face, but it it really matters what you you put into it. Is it ultimately comes back to you. Your body is you. Yes, sir. Guys, I hope today was impactful for you and note-taking. Like, I took lots of notes over here on this, and I hope that you guys have a fantastic day. Don't forget to leave a like and subscribe below. Thank you, guys. God bless you. And remember, I'm not better than you. I'm learning with you. Let's dominate life and baseball together.